What's up, Second Chance? I hope everybody is doing phenomenal. Everybody watching online, we'll say hey to our um, friends in Sweetwater, Tennessee. And for those of you in Sweetwater, Tennessee, it's really fascinating. We were just having a food conversation right before we started, and there is a guy in our church who doesn't like fried okra. And so pray for Jeremy, hashtag pray for Jeremy, um, because fried okra is incredible. But hey, everybody has their personal preferences. Um, also got a friend who said he saw a recipe this week. This has nothing to do with the message, but it's just what I want to talk about. Um, where he's going to take some bacon, put it in pancake batter, and fry it. And I'm like, this is the best day of my life. So I have volunteered as tribute to go and eat that. Hey, super excited that you're here today. If you have a Bible and you want to follow along with where we um, are, it's Luke chapter 5, so you can turn there in your Bible or go there in your mobile device. Um, and we're in the middle of a series called He's up to something. And, and just so you know, this series is going to run all the way through May the 20th. We're, we are going to take a break for the moms because you've got to honor mothers on Mother's Day. So we're going to do some things that's kind of cool for moms on Mother's Day. And then we're going to finish up the series on May 20th. Um, but this series called He's Up to Something is all about Jesus and what he was doing in Peter's life. And the parallel that Jesus, what he did in Peter's life, I believe is also what he wants to do in our life as well. So let me start out today. Um, the title of the message is, I can't talk about it. Th that's the title of the message. I can talk about the message. The title of the message is, I can't talk about it. And um, I want to set this up. A few weeks ago, I was walking down the street. Um, I live in downtown Anderson. I work downtown Anderson, and I live downtown Anderson. So I was walking to my apartment, and I ran into this business owner on Main Street. And I know her very well, and she's just this dear, dear sweet lady. And so we started having this conversation, and uh, how are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm doing great. Um, and she's in her 60s, um, and, you know, just, but just one of the sweetest ladies you've ever met in your life. And before I left, I gave her a hug, and she gave me a hug. It's kind of like getting a hug from your, like, mom or your grandmother. She's just so sweet. And I went up to my apartment or whatever. Two days later, after that encounter, I'm walking down the same street, and I, I run into her son. And, you know, you, you do the obligatory, hey, how are you doing? So I ask him, how are you doing? And he got this look on his face, and he said, I'm, I'm, man, I'm not too good today. And I just paused because that typically he's always doing great. So I just kind of paused and said, um, well, what's up? And he said, Mama is in ICU. Now, Mama was the lady I had talked to two days ago, and she was in ICU. So I'm like okay, you know, car wreck, what happened? He said, no, 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 no. He said, she's been in a lot of pain, like internal pain, for about a week. And she just kind of thought it would maybe go away and just kind of get better. But it didn't go away. It, it just got worse. And she didn't want to talk about it. She didn't want to tell anybody. She's got a very high tolerance for pain. Most women do. Most men don't. Um, she's got a very high tolerance for pain. And eventually it got to the point where she couldn't stand it anymore. So she called me and said, I'm in a lot of pain. He said, what do you want me to do? She said, call the ambulance. The ambulance comes and gets her, takes her to the hospital. Two emergency surgeries later, she's in ICU and recovery. And she's fine now. She's, she's great. But the, the thing that I thought about was when I saw her two days before, she was in pain. But she didn't want to talk about it. And, and, and I understand that. I understand that physically. I understand that emotionally. I understand that spiritually. There are people here, maybe in the room, maybe you're watching today, and you're going through some stuff. 
and it maybe it hurts, maybe it's confusing, maybe it's frustrating, but you don't want to talk about it. And the reason you don't want to talk about it is very simple. It's a defense mechanism because we actually think if we begin to talk about things that are really going on in our lives that people might exclude us, people might push us away, people might even kick us out. And so we don't want to talk about it because if we talk about it, then people know about it. And if people know about it, then we're afraid of how they're going to treat us. And that's where we're going to pick up this story today because Jesus had invited Peter to follow him. Remember, Peter was available. And then, and then, um, and then Jesus said, hey, let's let out a for a bigger catch. And so they let out for a bigger catch. And then last week, we talked about how Peter called to his partners and how we're looking for partners at Second Chance to partner with us to reach the world with the gospel. And this week, we're going to pick it up. This is the very first thing that Jesus leads Peter into. Luke chapter 5 um, and verse 12, the very first part, says this. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered, covered with leprosy. So, don't miss this. Jesus tells Peter, follow me, and then the first thing he does is he leads Peter to an uncomfortable place to be around uncomfortable people. He didn't lead him to a Bible study. He didn't lead him to Theology 101. He didn't lead him to a safe, sanitized environment full of safe, sanitized people. The first thing he does with Peter is like, hey, if you're going to follow me, we're going to go to an unfamiliar place, an unsafe place, and we're going to be around unsafe people, that being the leopard. Now, let's talk about unsafe places for a minute. Luke, who writes the Gospel of Luke, is very detailed about geographical locations. And he makes the point that this miracle that's about to take place doesn't happen in Capernaum, Peter's hometown. Jesus had to get Peter out of his familiar environment in order that Peter could see exactly who Jesus is. And many times when Jesus is taking us to an unfamiliar place, it's not to punish us, but it's to prepare us for the miracle that's going to take place in our life. He wants to see us, or he wants us to see him, in ways that we've never seen him before. But if we always do what we've always done, we'll always get what we've always got. So sometimes he takes us to those unfamiliar places, those unsafe places. I was having a conversation with a, a friend of mine who played football for Clemson, and he's, he's in the NFL now, and we were talking about the toughest places to play when he was in college. And I asked him, I said, what's the toughest environment you ever had to walk into? What's the toughest environment you ever played in. And he, he kind of looked at me and said, is that, is that hard? And he said, no, it's not hard at all. He said it was uh, South Carolina. He said, Williams Bryce. He said, it's the toughest place we ever played. Because when, if you're a Clemson football player and you walk into Williams Bryce, you don't have the home field advantage. The crowd is hostile. Actually, the past two times we've been down there, we've whipped y'all's butt. But, but most of the time, you don't have the home field advantage. You are in a hostile environment unsafe places. Sometimes Jesus leads us to those unsafe places and hostile environments, once again, not to punish us, but to prepare us. And, and talking about unsafe environments, also around uncomfortable people. He takes us to unsafe environments to be around uncomfortable people because somebody in the ancient world, when Jesus, when this story's taking place, covered in leprosy is completely uncomfortable. Now, this true story, this happened to me a couple months ago. 
some business leaders um, asked me to come to, to dinner with them. I still don't know why I was at the dinner, but they said free steak and I can be bought. So, so I went and got my steak and I'm sitting around that night. We're all kind of smoking um, a cigar and just kind of having a conversation. And there was one guy there that he, he made it just blatantly obvious he wasn't a Christian and that didn't bother me. And so as we're having this conversation, he, he says, you know, I think religion is just a bunch of man-made rules. And I said, and he's talking to me, like said this straight at me. And I said, dude, I, I agree. I said, I, I completely agree. That's what religion is. He goes, no, 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 no. He said, I even think Christianity is a bunch of man-made rules. And I was like, man, you're right. I think, I think we got it. Sometimes we get kind of too carried away. And he goes, no, 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 you don't understand. He said, even some of your basic rules, I don't agree with them. I said, Could, okay, give me an example. And he literally looked at me and he said, thou shall not kill. I think that's, I don't think that's good. I think there's some cases where it should be okay to kill. And I was like, are, are we good? Like, like, are we good? It was, it was legitimately an uncomfortable place for me. Now, I didn't jump up and say, well, the Bible says or whatever. I just, I was just, I just had a conversation with him, but it was an uncomfortable place around an uncomfortable person. And I just remember thinking as I was walking away that night, you know what? I think that's the environment that Jesus wants us in. Because if we're always hanging out with people just like us, then we're... Listen, Jesus never hung out with people that were just like him because there was no one like him. So uncomfortable places around uncomfortable people. And the uncomfortable person in this story is the leper. Now, leprosy in the ancient world was a death sentence. It was a death sentence. And I don't know this is how it happened, but I would like to think that maybe this is how it happened because I'm sure human nature hasn't changed in the past 2,000 years. We got this leper. We don't know what his name is. Let's just call him Frank. And Frank wakes up one morning, and he looks on his arm, maybe right here, and he sees a spot. And he knows what that spot is. He knows it's leprosy. He's seen this before. He's maybe had friends or even family members. And at, at first, at first, I'm just going to ask this question. If you saw a spot on your arm and you thought it might be leprosy, what, what would most people do in that moment? What do you think? Cover it up. Try to hide it. Thinking... It'll just go away. It'll get better, right? Like when you're driving your car down the road and it starts making a noise, if you just push the gas and go faster, eventually the noise will just stop, right? Doesn't matter what the noise is. We always just think, hey, if I just cover this up, it'll go away. But, but Frank's leprosy, the next morning or the next week, he gets up and it's, it's a little bit further. And he don't want anybody to know about his leprosy. Because here's the deal. According to the Old Testament, Frank had to go to the temple and show his leprosy to the high priest. So he had to go meet with the pastor, right? And if the pastor, or if the priest looked at it and discovered that it was leprosy, the pastor announced that Frank was now unclean. When you were unclean in this society, you could not go to the temple, you could not be prayed for, you could not have your sins forgiven, you were isolated from God, and if you were discovered to have leprosy, 
Not only did you get kicked out of the temple, you got kicked out of your family. You got kicked out of your community. You were isolated. You were, don't miss this, don't miss this, don't, don't miss this. You were labeled and you were lonely because you had leprosy. And that's what's going on in this story. That's, what's, that's the guy that's approaching, approaching Jesus. He's labeled and he's lonely because he had leprosy. And maybe this is you. Maybe you went through a certain situation or a scenario where you had something going on in your life and you didn't want to talk about it and it just kind of kept snowballing and snowballing and snowballing and eventually it got to the place where you, you had to talk about it because it got discovered. And because of that, you feel kicked out, you feel excluded, you feel like people look down on you. Hey, I get it. But don't put a period where God has put a comma because that's not the end of your story. Don't put a period where God has put a comma because that's not the end of the story. Here's what I find fascinating. I'm going to say this and move on. Isn't it amazing that the leper couldn't go to the temple, but he could come to Jesus? The leper could not go to the temple, but he could come to Jesus. And isn't it funny how the world has not changed in 2,000 years because I'll just say this, and it's, it's just true across the board. The church has become one of the most unsafe places for Christians to confess sin in the world. Because, don't miss this, if you used to have an addiction, but you got your addiction cleaned up and you got all cleaned up and you come to church then they will celebrate what Jesus did in your life, and you're welcome if you had an addiction, but it got better. But if you have an addiction, you can get kicked out. If you had a bad marriage, but it, Jesus healed it and it got saved, and I believe that happens, then you're welcome in the church. But if you have a bad marriage, you're kicked out. If you used to look at porn, but then you stop looking at porn and you come to church and it, and it comes out that you look at porn. If you looked at porn, you're welcome here. But if you're looking at porn, you're kicked out. The church has become an unsafe place for people to raise their hand and say, I'm struggling here, I'm hurting here, I'm fighting here, and I want to get better. And that's one of the reasons I'm so excited about the ministry of Second Chance Church because it's not gonna be just a place for people who struggled with sin. This is gonna be a place for people who are struggling with sin and don't have to hide their face in shame because at the end of the day, we're all jacked up without the grace of God. Got a little excited there. All right, so here we go, here we go. Second part of verse 12. When he saw Jesus, I mean, the leper, Frank, when, when Frank saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. I love the boldness of this guy. It reminded me, I had a buddy of mine who ran a nonprofit, and he was doing a major fundraiser. When I say major fundraiser, he was trying to raise $100 million. Um, and I want to pause. Anytime you say that, anytime a church or a nonprofit does that, people, I don't know if that much money needs to be given to a nonprofit. But let the Atlanta Braves build a new stadium, and everybody, think that's, everybody thinks that's good. You do understand that's not going to be there in probably 20 years, because I can remember when they built the Georgia Dome, and everybody was like, ah, they tore it down, right? So I just, I just think it's okay. 
Everybody calm down. I'm not asking for $100 million yet. <laughs> so he's trying to raise $100 million, and he was spending some time with a guy that had the, had the ability to, let's just say, give big. And they're having a conversation, and the guy tells my friend, you know, my wife and I prayed about it, and we know what we're going to give. And my friend said, what, are, you know, what is that? And the guy said, we're going to give you a million dollars. Now, if that happened to me, I'm jumping up and down. I'm cutting flips. I'm, you know, I would put on a South Carolina shirt for a million dollars. I mean, probably not, maybe 10. But anyway, I, I, would, I would just go crazy. But my friend looked at him and said, that's not what I was praying for. And the guy looked at him and said, what were you, what were you praying for? My friend said, I was praying that you would give $10 million because we both know you can. The guy wound up giving $10 million. I asked for his name. I mean, my friend wouldn't give it to him. I was like, where's he live? Does he need some pizza? Whatever. But I love the fact that if my friend had not been bold, he would have gotten a nice gift. But because he was bold and asked for it, he got so much more. Now, the reason I say that is because in the story, the leper doesn't come out up to Jesus and say, Jesus, give me strength to get through this tough time. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for strength to get through tough times. He didn't say, you know what, Jesus, I need some new clothes. My leprosy is kind of making these clothes kind of dirty. So could you, could you help me get some money to get some new clothes? He didn't pray for anything supernatural or superficial. He prayed for something supernatural. He comes up to Jesus. He falls on his face and he asks, Jesus, I, you can make me clean. I want to get well. Which, by the way, if someone is struggling with something, the first step that has to take place if you're going to get well is you've got to want to get well. You've got to want it. You You've got to be the type of person that says, I don't want to live this way anymore. And that's what we see with the leper. He, wasn't, he didn't come up to Jesus and say, I'm struggling with some stuff. No, he comes up to Jesus and falls on his face and says, I don't want to live this way anymore. That's the first step towards experiencing healing. And let me pause and say this. Because of what I've gone through personally, I've had people reach out to me and say, you know, will you talk to my friend? Will you talk to my family member? They're struggling with an addiction. They're struggling with this. They're struggling with that. And I just want to say, I, I've always said no. And that's not being insensitive. That's me going through what I've gone through. And I'm telling you, I want you to listen to me. People don't get well until they want to get well. Period. They could talk to James Dobson, Benny Hinn, Oprah Winfrey. Wouldn't matter who they spoke to. It wouldn't matter. People don't get well until they can legitimately say, I don't want to live like this anymore. And that's what we see the leper doing. He's like, I don't want to live this, I don't, I don't want to live this way anymore. Now, remember, this is the first thing. This is the first experience that Peter had. With Jesus, so as the leper comes up to Jesus, Peter's probably about to throw up. I mean, this is, this is kind of a sick, sick, sick sight for Peter. But watch what happens next. This is really interesting. Jesus, in, in Luke 5, 13, Jesus reached out his hand and 
touched the man. Now that's, first of all, you weren't supposed to touch a leper because if you touched a leper, you were declared unclean and you could get what they got. So Jesus touching the leper, that's huge. We're going to talk about that. I'm willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen anything you couldn't believe, but I was in Greenville last Saturday having lunch with some friends and it was a, it was, it was last Saturday. It was beautiful. A little cold, a little cold. I had a friend, one of the group of friends, and they were like, oh, let's sit outside because the sun will be over us and just feel, we nearly froze, but it was, it was pretty. It was pretty. So, so anyway, we're sitting in Greenville and I just kind of noticed at the table sitting next to me, there was a bunch of people and they had a little baby and you know, when those little baby carriers, you know what I'm talking about? And listen, listen, some of y'all are going to get mad, but I'm just going, I'm, I've always promised to preach the truth. And I'm going to tell you the truth. It was an ugly baby. Um, and some people go, oh my gosh, all babies are beautiful. Dear God, no, they're not. This baby was the ugliest baby I'd ever seen. And, and, and I was just, I couldn't stop staring out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> it was an ugly baby. So, so we're, we're sitting there and I'm trying not to stare. I wanted, what I wanted to do is kind of take my phone and take a picture and hashtag it ugly baby, but they probably knew me. Um, and so all of a sudden, right in the middle of our meal, this baby freaks out. And when I'm saying the baby freaked out, like I don't, if you're a parent, you understand your, your baby just freaked out for no reason. So the baby is freaking out and everybody at the table moves like the whole, I'm like, dear God. I mean, but, but the baby was so ugly, I guess they couldn't figure out who was going to pick it up. So I watched this, I watched this dad, wait for it, wait for it. Some of y'all are judging me right now. I'm just wait for it. So I watched the dad scoop this baby up and looked at us and smiled and said, we're in high school. This is a project. The baby wasn't real. <laughs> I was, I was so happy. I'm like, Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. This is an ugly baby. So, so he said the baby, he said the baby's not real. And he kind of scooped it up and walked away and whatever. Cause the baby was freaking out. And I, I walked away from that experience though, thinking about the number of times as a parent, when I would be out in public and Karis, and she was a, she, she, as a child, she was a great child, but every once in a while she'd start crying or she would act up or she would get fussy. You know what? I never had a problem picking her up and holding her. You know why? She's mine. She's mine. When she got sick, if she got sick all over herself, I never had a problem cleaning her up or holding her when she was sick. You know why? She's mine. Like if you're sick, don't get around me, right? But if my child is sick, I'll hold her. I don't care. When she had a messy diaper, right? You had a messy diaper? It might freak other people out. It didn't bother me. I would change her diaper. Didn't matter how messy I got. I would change her diaper. You know why? She's mine. And that's what's going on in this story right here. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the leper. Do you know how long it had been since this leper had been touched? His greatest desire, his greatest need was a human touch. And Jesus wasn't scared to touch the leper because Jesus was God in the flesh. And Jesus was literally God walking on this earth. And when Jesus reached out and touched the leper, the reason he could touch the leper is because he created the leper. He loved the leper. Don't miss the, don't miss the miracle here. Jesus is not afraid of our mess. And he's willing to step into it if we're just willing to ask him to. He reached out his hand and he touched the leper. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Watch the order. He touched 
and then he spoke. Don't miss this because this is huge. He touched the leper and then he spoke to the leper. That's the order of the healing. He touches and he speaks. He touches and he speaks. And as the church, I think so many times, and I'm included in this, I think so many times we've gotten it wrong because we wanted to speak and after we spoke, then we wanted to touch. We want to speak to you, and once you get your problems right, then you can come in here and be welcomed. We want to speak to you, and you got to get this into your life, and you got to get this out of your life, and then if you, if you do that, then you can come in here and be welcomed with open arms. But what we see with Jesus, and I believe this is so, so, so powerful, is he was willing to embrace people before he even speaks to them. And I believe that so many people on this planet are not going to experience the healing that Jesus has for them because the church in many occasions is unwilling to touch before we speak. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just so, so, so thankful that Jesus didn't wait on me to get my stuff together before he loved me. In fact, I would say because he loved me, I'm continually able to take steps towards getting my stuff together. That's what we see happening in this text. It's so, so powerful. So Jesus touches him. He's healed of his leprosy. And, and then something weird happens. Then something weird happens. Sort of weird. It's not really weird, but for years it seemed weird until recently. Verse 14, Then Jesus ordered him, Don't tell anyone. Now, I want to pause right there because that confuses people. Why did Jesus heal people and then tell them not to tell anyone? He wasn't saying don't tell anyone ever. He was saying this is a specific assignment. you got to read the rest of the text. Here he said, Jesus ordered them, don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, who, by the way, is in Jerusalem. They're in the Galilee area. This is at least a seven-day walk, so Jesus is kind of commissioning him to go on a journey. Go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Now, why in the world would Jesus tell this guy, go show yourself to the priest? Don't miss the metaphor here. Don't miss the imagery here because it's so powerful. Jesus commissioned a former leper to go tell the religious leaders about him. See, because the Pharisees and the priests and the religious leaders, they didn't know about Jesus. They didn't know about his ministry, really. And all of a sudden, imagine this, this leper shows up, right? Frank, Frank shows up and he walks into the temple and the high priest is like, Frank, didn't think you could come around here because you got leprosy. In fact, last time I saw you, Frank, you had a lot of leprosy and you're not allowed. And Frank goes, yeah, um, I need you to kind of look at this. I don't really have it anymore. You know, he's got this smooth skin right here. And the high priest is like, what, what happened? You like order something off an of infomercial or something like that? And he goes, no, 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 no. There's this man I met in Galilee named Jesus, and I asked him to heal me, and he healed me. This is the first time that according in the, in the Gospel of Luke that these religious leaders hear about Jesus. And that's going to be so important for where we're going to go next week.
So important for where we're going to go next week. We're going to see something next week. Honestly, I'm excited about it because I've never seen it in the scriptures. And it comes back to this leper going to the religious leaders. And by the way, by the way, by the way, some of the most powerful people with the most powerful testimonies are, are some of the people that have been the most jacked up in the world. So for me, when I see a messed up person, I don't see a messed up person. I see a powerful story in the making. I see a powerful story in the making. Now, I know some, one of the questions that some people ask, if I love somebody that's doing something destructive, how long do I let them do it? This is what I've discovered. God can get their attention way better than we can get their attention. I don't know anyone who has came to Christ because somebody nagged them so much you know, hey, listen, what did the father do when the younger son wanted to go to the far country? He let him go. Because eventually famine comes. And then what did the father do when the son came home? Did he give him a lecture? No, he gave him love. He welcomed him. He, he touched him, and then he spoke to him. That's the order of the miracle. So anyway, this leper goes in. You know, Frank tells the priest about Jesus. Um, and, and, and this is going to be huge next week. We're going to go to verse 15. Yet, yet, even though Jesus told the leper, don't go tell anybody, go tell high priest first. Yet the news about him spread all the more. So that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Don't you love it? People came to Jesus because they were sick and wanted to get healed. They didn't come to Jesus because they had their ish together. They came to Jesus because they were sick and wanted to get healed. At the end of the day, that's the type of environment the church is supposed to create, an environment where sick people can walk in, and eventually, whether it's this week or whether it's a month or whether it's a year, I believe they will have a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus and they will ultimately want to get well. But it's got to be a safe place where you don't have to hide that spot on your arm. Now, this is why I think it went down. I was thinking about this the other day. I, one of my favorite places to eat is Sullivan's in Anderson. They have a dessert. They have lots of desserts. Lots and lots and lots. And to go there and not get dessert is kind of a sin. Sort of. First Hesitations 4.8 says that somewhere. And so I love... And so... But... But the best dessert they have, my opinion, and my opinion right now is the only one that counts because I have the microphone. Um, my opinion, it, it happened about, God, I can't remember the first time I encountered this, but it was a brand new dessert, and they said, hey, we got a brand new dessert tonight. It's white chocolate, white chocolate, peanut butter, white chocolate Reese's, peanut butter cheesecake with a blondie crust. And I'm like, I want that. I want that right there. I'm telling you right now, it's the best thing I've ever had. Logan and Carly are not agreeing with me right now, right now, but they're girls. And if you look at them and look at me, it's obvious who knows his desserts, right? They're real skinny. And I'm anyway, so, so I love, love, love it. And I've told so many people, I've gone to lunch with people 
And we sat down, and they've said, do you want dessert? And they're like, no. I'm like, yes, you do. Do you love peanut butter? They're like, I love peanut butter. I said, do you like white chocolate? Yes, I love white chocolate. Bring them the white chocolate peanut. Now, if you're allergic to peanut, peanut butter, it would probably kill you, so stay away from it. But I'm not allergic to peanut butter. I absolutely love I've told so many people about this dessert. Right now, I'm telling thousands of people about this dessert. I'm telling you, it's absolutely the most amazing thing in the world. And we've all done that. Whether we've had a good food experience or whether we've had a good, we've seen a good movie or whether we've watched a good TV show. We were just talking about shows that we're binge watching um, right, right now. When you see a good show, oh my gosh, you got to watch this show. I had a friend of mine tell me about Stranger Things and I binged it. It was amazing. Still don't really understand what happened, but it was an awesome, awesome, awesome show, right? Well, that's what's happening in this story. The leper gets healed and all of a sudden... There's a man named Jesus who's willing to accept you as you are, but after you meet him, you just won't stay that way. And so when people find out about this, when people find out about Jesus touching the leper, they flock to him because religion had kicked them out. But Jesus brought them in. And at the end of the day, that's what, I believe the church should stand for. It's not about who we can kick out. It's about who we can bring in. And we welcome them before we speak to them. Now, I'm saying all that to say this. I don't know who's watching today. I don't know who's listening to this message. And I don't know what you're going through. Here's the thing that I know Here's the thing that I, and I've learned this the hard way. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's going through something. And if they are not going through something currently, they've gone through something in their past. And, and maybe the thing or the things that you've gone through has caused, some, has caused some shame, has caused some hurt, has caused some fear, has caused some doubt. I don't know. Listen, if, if that's happened to you, I understand. But I also understand that there's a man named Jesus who's not afraid of what you're going through. And the starting line of healing taking place in our life is coming to Jesus like this leper did and saying, I don't want to live like this anymore. At the end of the day, if you got something you're trying to hide, you got to talk about it. Now, I'm not telling you to, I'm not going to tell you to turn to the person to your right or to your left and confess all your sins today. That'd be super weird. I'm not going to do that. Although, pretty interesting stories. You can get out your phone, put it on Instagram or whatever. I'm not going to ask you to do that. I'm saying the very first step, if you're going through some stuff today, is the step the leper took. It's telling Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. That's the starting point. And it's the power that breaks the sickness in our life. And what he does in our life from that point on is absolutely amazing. But it's not something you got to be ashamed of. And it's not something you got to hide. And it's not something you got to keep um, back here. It's something you can bring into the light. Because when we bring into the light, Jesus, Jesus will take it and use it. Somehow, I don't know how he does it. Somehow, for his glory. And for our good. So with that in mind, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this story about where you touched the leper. 
I want to pray for every single person listening to this message or podcast or watching on YouTube who feels like, God, they've just messed up too bad. May we be reminded that the gentleman in this story was covered with leprosy. The problem had spiraled out of control. There was nothing anybody in this world could do. But Jesus, you, you touched him. And you made a difference. And with heads bowed and eyes closed right now, I don't know who you are and I don't know what you're going through. But maybe right where you sit right now, your first step is just to say to Jesus in your heart, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to carry this anymore. Jesus, I need for you to do for me what you did for the leper. And maybe you're here today and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You've ne- and maybe one of the reasons, one of the things that's held you back from praying to receive Christ is because you're so ashamed of what you've done. But Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus takes dead things and brings them to life. He takes old things and makes them brand new. Jesus Christ is willing today to come into your life and take over if you will simply invite him to. So if that's you today, if you want to give your life to Jesus, listen, I don't care how messed up you feel like you've been. Jesus is waiting today on you to invite him in. So if you're here today and you know you need to pray to receive Christ, right where you sit, right now, I just want you to pray. I just want you to say, Jesus Christ, come into my life and take over. I surrender everything to you, Jesus. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave to pay for my sin. And right now, I receive that payment. I am yours. In Jesus' name. My head's bowed, eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer to receive Christ just now, if you just now prayed that in your heart, if you're watching online, I want you to hit the hand raise button. I want you to hit the hand raise. If you're at Sweetwater, if you're in Sweetwater right now, I just want you to put your hand up. Just put it up right now. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed, but I want you to raise your hand that you prayed to receive Christ. We've had two people online so far. If you're on Facebook, you do the hand raise emoji. We'd love to know that you prayed to receive Christ because we want to pray for you. We want to celebrate with you because we believe that this is the beginning of a journey where the best is yet to come. Thank you, Jesus, that you bring salvation. You have brought salvation today. And thank you that you love messy people. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before you tune out, before you tune out, listen. The last verse that we're going to cover today is Luke 5, 16. That says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now I've heard a lot of speculation on this verse. I've heard a lot of people go, I don't, why, why did he do this? I believe it was because he was up to something. I believe when he sent the leper to the temple, he was declaring war on a religious system that had dominated the mentality of people for far too long. And next week we're going to see him step into a battle 
that's going to eventually cost him his life. But it turned out for the good, and I cannot wait. For those of you that have been praying for us, oh, by the way, quick building update. We're still working on it. We're still, <laughs> we're still working on it. We do have architectural plans and drawings. We should get a price quote on that this week. We're hopefully going to be able to move into there, though. They're telling us July or August, July or August. So that's when we're hoping to be able to move in and have live services with a band. I'm going to start out leading ukulele worship. It's going to be incredible. So I love you guys. God bless. I'll see y'all next week.